Well, hello there. This is Evangelist Timothy Gruber here at the Word of the King. Holiness Bibles for the Blind. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 4 tells us that where the Word of the King is, there is power. We may say unto him, What doest thou? All right, well, Tim, you only touched on it very little, but I think i got to tear this one up. All right, we're going right back to 1 Timothy chapter 3, and i got to tear loose a little bit on chapter 3 verses 1 to 7. We're going to have Ruthie read that for me here. This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he shall desireth, he desireth a good work. Excuse me. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach. Not given to wine, no striker, not greedy of filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous. One that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride he fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. Okay, now, you notice what it said. Why isn't he supposed to be a novice? It says because he's that way doesn't get all lifted up, puffed up with pride. Yep. There was the key. See, it's, he, and you notice, what is he supposed to do? Not rule the church. Hello, popes. Hello, churches. Hello, preachers. He's not supposed to rule. He's supposed to only what? Notice the key words. Take care of the church. Mm. He's yeah. a shepherd. Verse 5. It's his own house, it says. Right. Verse 5. It makes it plain. Just like he, if he can't take care of his own house at home, he sure enough can't take care of the flock. Why? Because, like a good shepherd, over and over, the Old Testament made it very plain that the preacher's job, the, the one who would end up as a pastor, his job was not to be some king, some high hedgehog, uh, Remember, what did Jesus himself make it plain? He that is going to be the greatest among you is going to be the servant of all. Hello? Uh, what, where, what happened to the churches? You got these, uh, and Ruth and I know some preachers just like it, Tim. Oh, they practically had the people worshiping them and... <laughs> Uh, all the accolades and all that. Oh, I give an honor unto God who is the head of my life and our pastor, blah, blah. Hey, shut up. I don't want to hear that garbage. If you can't be giving honor to Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone and shut up about the preacher, I don't want to hear that nonsense. Amen. I mean, that you go into some of these black churches, Tim, you, that stuff would make you want to puke. I mean, you talk about the Roman Catholic nonsense. That's exactly what it looks like. And they come out in their little robes. Yeah. 
look just like the Catholic cult. And, and oh, hey, Tim, you want to hear the latest? Did you know in this one church, to be in unity, you had to wear the same colors. The preacher and the deacons had to wear the same color suit, same color tie, same color pants, same color shirt, and the same color shoes on the first Sunday for Communion Sunday. Oh, but they don't wear the same colors every other Sunday? Uh, well, the rest of the Sundays don't matter only for Communion Sunday. And all the ministers' wives and the deaconess, which are the deacons' wives, all had to wear the same color outfit, which was all white with a white cap. And I was a member of the choir, and we had to wear all the same color. And if you were white and black and you didn't have the right color, they sent hey. me home one time if I didn't have the right color on. So, this, brother, this brother Hank called you up the other day. He was down at Pensacola Christian College. <laughs> I know, but can't, get this nonsense. But what I'm trying to say is... But they, but they got on him because of his beard being too long. But the whole... So what I'm saying is all this nonsense is traditions of men that came down from, what, a bunch of preachers that came from a bunch of colleges from Pastor what? Pastor Big Bucks and Pastor Broadbottom, Professor Broadbottom... With his pin whiskers at Baylor University worshiping Baal. Amen. Uh, sorry, but uh, now, Tim, you know as a part of this ministry, when can you name one time, even though God was the one who called me as the shepherd of this blind ministry, name one time that you've ever seen me act like the Lord or the King of this ministry? I've known you for oh, over a year now. I can't think of a single time. No, all I've done is I, I God gave me a direction. All I did is point the ship in the right direction. I All I did is held the helm, and then I said, okay, this is where God wants us to go. This is the doctrine by which God said this is it. Other than that, Hey, is, all I asked you was one thing. Do you believe this doctrine? Other than that, I say, okay, God called you to do what you called to do. You do your thing. God has called me to do my thing. I do mine. And that's it. Why? Because that's what a shepherd is. All he does is make sure that the sheep stay in the fold and make sure he nurtures those sheep. That's what a shepherd does. Go check it out in the Bible. Amen. That's, any of these guys, like this guy, like this Calvinist guy from up in Grantville, tell you another error that some of them make away from the other extreme. He, some of them get the idea that because they have a job and they're not living off the people at the local assembly that they pastor, quote unquote, that that means they're not a hireling. And that's not so. The fact is, a hireling in the context of what Jesus described as a hireling has nothing to do with whether or not you're taking wages. Well, the problem it is... It has everything to do with whether or not you take care of the sheep. Uh, the problem is, now, they misunderstood what a hireling is in the Bible. Yeah. The hireling... It has to do with being careless over what you're supposed to be watching over. That's it. Right. The scripture, when it was talking about, said that the hireling cares not for the sheep because he's not really the shepherd. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. That's what the Bible said. It said that the hireling, because he, he's only a hired man, he's not the real shepherd. The real shepherd 
loves his sheep. He cares for his sheep because those are his sheep. Well, the fact is, God called me to a ministry. When people joined on board and said, I want to join the ministry, I said, okay, you want to join in the fold? Fine. My job is to make sure, A, that those sheep that join in the fold, that come into this fold, A, my job is to make sure the grass is green, that you're not eating dirt. Amen. Secondly, when you call me for prayer, it is my job to make sure you get prayer. It is my job to make sure the grass is green, that you're spiritually fed. It's Why? Because if you're not spiritually fed, you're going to be looking over the fence and deciding to go outside the fold for the greener grass. That's the problem why shepherds see their sheep going outside the fold because they are feeding them a bunch of dirt. Amen. And why? Because they're acting like a bunch of kings and all this garbage, and some sheep don't like that. Yeah. Well, that isn't the biblical way. Nowhere. That's the problem. You said it. You started it right. They, you got these Catholic, it, it started back with the Catholic whore. The Catholic whore still influencing it, and you got all these little ones jumping back in bed with the Catholic whore. And why? Because they're going to, as we head right into Laodicean church age, and as we get right to go into the great tribulation and the Antichrist, they're all going to jump back in bed with mama, the great whore of the Catholic church. They're all going to head right back into bed, whether the Bible said. Why? Because that's the only way it's going to work, and that's how they're all going to end up back with her. Is why? Because that's how the Antichrist is going to rule. They all got to jump back in bed with mama. And if you don't notice it, look what the Catholic Church is already doing. They got people acting like a bunch of charismatics in the Catholic Church, raising their hands. Oh, I got the Holy Ghost. You got Catholics now calling uh, charismatics brother and sister. But what I'm saying is that's exactly what we're saying. They're all going to jump back in bed with mama. They're all going to do it. Why? Because the the... Charismatic church has the same hierarchy. You go look in the charismatic churches. They've got they got the headquarters somewhere, and they got to have their their bishops and their cardinals and all that. Same like the Catholic Church, uh, the Church of God. They got their headquarters and da 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 da. Same thing like the Catholic Church. You you got Pentecostal Holiness Church. Same thing. I could go right down the line, and I could sit here and name them all. Uh, Jehovah's Witness, whether they like it or not, the, hey, man, they got the same thing. Guys, they got headquarters right over in Brooklyn, New York. Sorry, JWs, whether you like it or not. SDAs, the same stinking thing. Uh, I could go right down the line. They all got a headquarters. But excuse me, thank God I can say this about holiness Bible for the blind. You want to know where my headquarters is? is? Get on your face and pray because it's in heaven. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I'll say it again. You want to know where my headquarters is? You're going to have to get on your face because there's only one committee. It's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. That's who my committee is. Amen. Amen. Uh, that's the only committee we got. And if you want to talk to them, that's the only way you're going to get a hold of them. You've you got to use knee mail. <laughs> Come on. You ain't going to get a hold of them with no telephone. It's going to be prayer. 
And the best thing is, their line ain't busy. Amen. And, and guess what? If you don't, if you ain't saved, uh, you got to get saved to get in contact with them first. So that's the first prayer they're going to hear. Amen. Is God Amen. be first merciful to me, a sinner? So uh, I think right there is what you need to know. Is hey, you you hardcore, hard headed, so called, so called uh, shepherds that ain't really shepherds. The first thing you need to do is get your wicked heart right. Amen. And you people that are following him, uh, you need to get your wicked heart too right. Amen. Because <laughs> I'm sorry, you're just following a guy who's nothing more than a Nebuchadnezzar by the pulpit wanting what? Nothing but the golden idol. He says, Bow, uh, we're going to play a bunch of music and we're going to pass out the old offering plate and we, we want you to bow down as soon as you start hearing the uh, trumpet and sackcloth and all that organ and all the rest of that. And you yeah, gotta get... what, makes, what makes you think Nebuchadnezzar wouldn't do whatever you ask? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what they're doing. Nebby, he wants it. That's what he wants up there in the pulpit, you know? You know hey, come on, give me all of my golden idol. I got to have it. Especially if you got a nice business and you can bring in the dough. Right. And and you know what? And here's the worst part. They talk about be, people being, uh, oh, well, we shouldn't have blind beggars in the church. Well, excuse me. Uh, take a look at your offering plate. Don't tell me that don't look like a hat that you got turned upside down. Amen. So you all a bunch of blind beggars anyway. Yeah, man. So don't tell me about being a blind beggar when you all a bunch of blind beggars anyway. The only thing is your hat just happens to be golden with a little red uh, felt cloth in the middle of it. That's all. You just happen to be fancier. Amen. Now, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. <laughs> the, uh, the one brother I know that flies for U.S. Uh, Airways, and the whole, I forget the context in which it came up, but the whole tithing uh, aspect came up. And I'll tell you what, he has a, he has a little bit more of a biblical aspect than, than most on it. He, he says he believes in the 10%, but he doesn't believe that it should have to go to the local church. If there's a need outside the local church that is greater, and and one is led to give it that, to that, that's just as just as acceptable as anything else. So I told him, I admitted, you know, yeah, it's pretty much how I always used to look at it too. And I'm, to, and it's kind of like ten percent. It's a it's a good principle to abide by if one wants to abide by, but it's not a necessity. Uh, you know what though? Can I give you a hint? Something to look into, Tim. Uh, go check out every time you look up the word tithe and notice something. It said, of the increase. Notice the word. It always said increase. Now, if your income hasn't increased, yeah. how, how can you give from an increase you don't have? Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Now, True. if you've had an increase... You can, but but if you haven't had an increase, you can't give from that. But now, the Bible says, as a man purposes in his heart, first, from the Bible in Corinthians, what Paul wrote, he said, if you purpose from your heart, now, if you want to give, that's what they call a faith promise. That's different. That's a whole different thing. That has nothing to do with 10%. Or a tithe. See, it says, as a man purposes in his heart, so let him give. Not of necessity, meaning a so, bill. So, in a sense, basically what you're saying is, is what they're preaching is, in essence, faith promise, but they're calling it tithing. 
Well, no, what they're preaching in the churches, these pastors, these Nebuchadnezzars, they're saying if you don't give that 10%, period, you're robbing God because you're not giving... No, I know. I understand that's what they're preaching, but where you throw me off and where you got me confused is, is, I mean, where does the Scriptures actually talk about faith, about, in what context does the Scriptures talk about faith promise? What I'm saying, when you go to Corinthians, and it talks about as a man purposes in his heart. Yeah. Second okay. Corinthians nine seven. Okay, Second Corinthians nine seven is what I'm in reference to. Second okay, Corinthians. Yeah, but who, who decided to call that a faith? Call it faith promise. Okay. Okay. Basically, what I'm saying is, when you say as a man purposes, that's your faith, and by so let him give. That's your promising to give based upon your promise. Okay. Okay? Not grudgingly, nor of necessity, meaning basically like a bill, like your electric bill or something, because you're required to give it. So let him give. Yeah. Okay? So what I'm saying is, uh, why? Because God loves a cheerful giver. Okay, meaning... Well, aren't there even references in the Old Testament that say you're not supposed to give out of necessity? No, the Old Testament, that's when it was the tithe. Now, what was the tithe for? I'll tell you what it was for. It was for the priest, and what was it for? Now, Tim, if you had studied your Old Testament law, you would have got this from the Old Testament Levitical law. The Levitical priests were never given an inheritance amongst the children of Israel. Okay. Well, don't get me wrong. I've, I've read my Old Testament enough to know that. I would never have made any connection to that. Okay. I, now, what were they given? They were given the tithes of the people as their inheritance because, that, because they were serving God as the priests. And s- I'm, very, I'm very well aware that most of the tithe did not, did not consist in money. I'm aware of that. No, in fact, that's why Malachi 3.10 says, Bring ye all the tithes in the storehouse, that there may be M-E-A-T, meat. And if you remember, what were they supposed to give? It was the wave offering, and when you re- listen to my sermon that's coming up, I explain exactly what that wave offering was. It was the heaved shoulder and the waved breast. That was what they were supposed to get. That's what they were supposed to get. The Levitical priests were supposed to get the heaved shoulder and the waved breast. That was the tent that they were supposed to get. And the free will offering was, in essence, a faith promise offering. In, in essence, now, it? the free will offering you're in reference to, that was when the people brought the free will offerings to build the temple, the first temple. And they brought so much that finally the priest, the people that were building that temple had to come to Moses and say, hold it, you need to stop the people, restrain them from giving because they're giving too much. We got more than we need, so he had to stop the people. See, <laughs> now, oh, but now, but now there's, a, there's a message in that. Right. See, because how, how, how many of these churches probably have enough? And there's my point. They, yeah. There's my point, which proves exactly, going back to 2 Corinthians, if 
they would go back to the giving from a person who gives as they purpose in their heart a free will giving instead of this give 10% nonsense if they would give freely give a free will offering God would provide always more than enough and I'll prove it to you you ready yeah. I know we're kind of getting off, but hello, in a way, we're not because of these uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar preachers and their uh, uh, being a bishop and being a, the lord of their so-called flocks. And when they're really not being a shepherd, but they're being a lord, uh, the king of their so-called uh, little clubs, as I call them, uh, when you look at it, when they're being the king and they say, you got to give this 10%, when they really, if they'd say, bring in the free will offering now think about it if this one person over here is a car mechanic and he says instead of me asking bringing in money instead everybody in the congregation if you have a car repair need you bring your car in I'll fix your car and keep it up and this other person over here he's a, a house builder and he says, look, you need house repairs? Call me. I'll come over. I'll fix your house. No charge. And he also keeps up the building of the church. Next guy, he's an electrician. Same thing, etc., etc. There would not be a need amongst that flock that would not be met, not needed to be met amongst that group. And I'm talking in a size group of only 30 people. It wouldn't take that many people to meet all of the needs. 30 to 40 people could easily meet all the needs. And I've seen it done. Now, you want to know how I know that? I'll tell you how. Because I had a small flock down in Georgia that exactly how we had things done. I had a flock down there in Georgia, Truth, Freedom, Fellowship, Baptist Church, Waycross, Georgia. And when it got done, that church, that's how we had our, we didn't have this nonsense of 10%, because I didn't believe in it back then, and I don't believe in it now. I told them, look, you come, whatever talent you have, you bring that you just got done preaching on it a little bit ago. Basically, but you were talking about the pounds, but also there's another scripture that talks about the ten talents. And I told the people, look, you bring your talents in here. Now, if you happen to be a rich person and you have money, okay, instead of bringing the money to the church, look, here's the church. Here's what we need to pay for the bills. Take here's the bills for the for, for, that we're going to have to pay. There's electric bill, this and that. You go take care of them. Okay, but if otherwise, otherwise, look, if you got other abilities, you meet those. And we had a list of a list and anybody can meet whatever they did it. There was people that were there were women that were seamstresses. <laughs> they would take and do alterations for people wouldn't charge you name it. There wasn't a need that wasn't met. And you know what? Everybody was happy. Why? Because nobody thought they was better than the next person. 
And trust me, as a shepherd, anybody started acting like they was bigger and better than someone else, I said, you're a servant. Quit acting like you're a big shot. Why? Because I'm not a big shot. Yeah. I'm not. I am just, and anybody that wanted to come up to me and say, Pastor Wolf, uh, don't you dare throw that name up. Yeah, and, and believe me, I've had contact with the individuals who are the, the exact opposite, and you know you got a Nicolaita when they act like that. I, I, that's the one title I hate, Pastor. Uh, look, if you can't call me brother or just call me Kenny, then don't call me nothing. Just call me, hey, I'm just as equal. Uh, Tim, I'd rather you just call me Kenny. Okay? This, Cal this Calvinist pastor, when I called him up, he chewed me out one time because I didn't address him as pastor. Yeah. Make me sick. <laughs> like, throw me on a roller coaster, watch me throw up, why don't you? Okay? Now, now, now Jeff Mayon never never chewed me out for not addressing him as pastor, but he rebuked me one time for not addressing his other man as pastor. Well, excuse me, but <laughs> I'd rather just be called Kenny. If you call me well, Kenny, I'm so... The interesting thing was, this same guy that he rebuked me for not addressing his pastor, I approached him, and later on he told me it didn't bother him. Well, to me, if you call me just Ken, Kenny, it's fine with me, you know? Yeah. Look, I'm not, hey, you know, I'm not into titles. You know why? Because when I get up there, I'm not going to be addressed as some title. Hey. Exactly. I'm just hey, I'm just a servant. I'm just a servant, and that's all I'm going to be. If you notice in the scripture you read earlier, he you notice what he said to each of those men. Well done, that good and faithful servant. But when he finally got to the last guy who 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 didn't do the thing, he was still addressed as servant, you slothful servant. Each of them were still servants, but look, hey boys. They were servants. Well, the same thing. Ruth, you are just a servant. Tim, you are a servant, and I am a servant. We are equal. If you are saved, you are a servant. No matter who you are, even with Emily, with her inconvenience, she is still a servant, and that's all there is to it. And anybody that treats anybody else better or worse than they are, I got a problem with them. Yeah, now that now that you're saying that in the context you're saying that, I got to include that that uh, portion of scripture in the book, Lord Boy, in that in that context. Because sorry to say that anybody who thinks that they're wait a minute, uh, what does the Bible say? You're not supposed to think higher of yourself than you ought to. You need to be hey down here. You need to be thinking. Look, Jesus said. <laughs> You're no better than no... Wait a minute. We're all equal. And that's the and when point. A, and when a man gets upset because you don't address him as pastor, that's an indication in and of itself that he's a novice. Right. But to me, look, I'm just a servant. The Word of God declares, Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The word of God declares that by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified in God's sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. The word of God declares, the first of the Ten Commandments. Who, what is your God this day, sinner? The word of God declares, 
first and greatest commandment, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, all thy mind, with all thy strength. You have failed. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second commandment is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Have you always done unto others as you would do or have done unto you? No. You've not always done unto others as you would have them do unto you. Nor have you always loved the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. Ye must be born again. For it is written, But God commendeth his love toward us. Well, thank God for the good news, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. For the wages of sin is death. Revelation 21.8 says, But the fearful, and the unbelieving, and the abominable, and murderers, and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars shall their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Ah, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Receive his gift by faith today, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. God manifest in the flesh, he rose from the dead. He's coming again, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Call upon the Lord today. This is Evangelist Timothy Groover. Till next time, God bless you and yours.